Shalom, everyone. I am Dr. Renee, the Assistant Pastor of Empowerment of Faith, Kingdom Center for Ambassadors. I am so elated to be able to come to you today. And for those of you who are watching, remember, if you are on YouTube, remember to subscribe to our channel and then click the bell in the upper hand, the upper right hand corner. And those of you who are on our other social media platforms, just remember to click like and then also share. So on today, I'm excited to share with you about making healthier choices as a kingdom ambassador. That's right. We're going to talk about health on today and we're going to talk about mindset. Did you know that whatever you do not control will control you? So in other words, if you are not controlling what's going on in your life, you are actually a slave to whatever that thing is. So let's get right into it. So point number one, let's look at some of the things that um, are controlling us, some of us as kingdom ambassadors, and we have to break away from it. Number one, sin is controlling us. Number two, bad eating habits. And that's what we're going to get into today. Number three, fits of rage. And then number four, um, complacency. All right. So when we're thinking about this, we need to remember that as a kingdom ambassador, I am here to dominate my circumstances and not allow my circumstances to dominate me. According to Galatians or Galatium five, and it reads here, verse six, but I say, walk by the spirit. And I know some of you, your translations may have a, cap, a capital S, but that should be a lowercase s because it's talking about your born again spirit. So that, let's look at that again. But I say, walk by the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh for the lust for the flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another that you may not do the things that you desire. Verse 18. But if you are led by the spirit, talking about your born again spirit, again, you are not under the law. What law is it talking about? It's talking about religious laws. It's talking about ceremonial laws. Okay. In verse 19. Now the deeds of the flesh are obvious, which are adultery, sexual immorality, uncleanness, lustfulness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousies, outbursts of anger, rivalries, divisions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, orgies, and, and things like these of which I forewarn you, even as I forewarn you that those who practice such things will not inherit Elohim's kingdom. This is very important. I need to see as a kingdom ambassador that I cannot continue to walk in the old ways in the manner which I did before. It said such were some of you. So it's telling me that I shouldn't be operating in this manner, and, but I should be operating through my born again spirit. And let's look at the next one in verse 22. But the fruit of the spirit, this is not fruits of the spirit. It's not nine fruits of the spirit. It's but the fruit of a born again spirit is love, 
And so this word love, it is ahab in Hebrew, and it means to reveal the heart of the, uh, the heart of the father. I'll say that again. This word love means to reveal the heart of the father. So what's being revealed here out of love, what's going to flow out of it? Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, and self-control against such things. There is no law. Okay. So this is very important for me to realize that I must maintain an attitude of self-control even when it comes to my eating. And I must say this, that when we eat certain things, it does not make you more holy. And we're going to deal with that later on. It doesn't make you more righteous. We're not talking about from that aspect. We're talking about dominating our circumstances. We're talking about controlling the things that have been controlling us. Okay. We don't want to be controlled by things, cravings, desires, but we have to make sure that we buffet our bodies and make sure that we do show temperance. We do show self-control. All right. So let's look at this, the things that I can control. Let's look at some of the things that I can control. Number one, I can control my food uh, choices. Number two, I can control my cooking methods. Number three, I can control my portion sizes. Number four, I can control my daily exercise. And then number five, I can control my mental health. Now, some may say, I don't know about that. Yes, we can. We can control these, these things. We have to make sure that we're dominating, that we're doing the things that it takes so that we can be a healthier version of ourselves. We've been doing every and anything that we can all, you know, all this time in our lives, we've been doing whatever we want, but no, now it's time to take a closer look at the health um, of ourselves. All right. So let's look at this. I was looking at uh, some facts that were given from the American Psychological Association. And the facts are really alarming. It says among African American adult, adults, nearly 48% are clinically obese, including 37.1% of men and 56.6% of women. We're talking about among African American or native born black Americans compared to 32.6% of whites, including 32.4% of men and 32.8% of women. This is alarming. This is terrible. In this percentage of the 56.6% of women that are obese, I'm talking about black American native women that are obese, we've got to change. In order for me to get something different, I've got to think something different. I have to do something different. It's not just going to happen just because you want to be healthy. It's just not going to happen just because I want things to be a certain way. I want to lose weight. Well, it's great to desire something, but are you willing to do what it takes to get the results that you want? Okay. And then it says here that, 
as far as our native black Americans, 37.1% are obese. We have to change this. So I want to pose this to you, whatever area the struggle is in until the source of the matter is perceived differently, we will always get the same result. So let us go back to the, the source. Let us go back to, uh, to the original precept. Let us go back to the original idea. What are Elohim's thoughts concerning our overall health? Now, when we're looking at Yochanan, um, Gimel 2, okay, so let's look at that. And we have our notes here. Number two, or verse two, it reads, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. So we know that our soul is comprised of our mind, our will, and our emotions. So the word of Elohim is telling us that he wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be healthy in every aspect of our lives, our mind, our will, our emotion, our entire body. Okay, so we are to enjoy good health, in our bodies and in our minds, our wills and our emotions. Elohim is concerned about the entire man. Now, if he's concerned about it, we need to make sure that we're concerned about it enough to do something about it. When we're looking at the statistics and we see that it's not something that um, others would like to imitate after we know that we must do something we must do what we must change the way that we think we must change what we're doing so let's look at what the american diabetes association is saying and i like to always go back and make reference because they've already done the research so let's take a look at what they're saying approximately 84 million american adults have pre-diabetes a condition where blood glucose levels are higher than normal, but not high enough for a type 2 diabetes diagnosis. What's more, nearly 90% of those people are unaware that they have that condition. Now that's a problem. We'll talk about that in a minute. With so many people at risk for developing type 2 diabetes, it's critical for Americans to learn their risk to be screened regularly and to take the steps ne necessary to delay or even prevent diabetes or pre-diabetes diagnosis. This is very important because when we take action um, and change what we're doing, we can change our course. We'll talk about some facts, we'll talk about some myths, but right now, some of the questions that the American Diabetes Association have asked, and it's on their website. This is where I, I took the information from. Uh, you can take this uh, information down yourself, look at it, or go to the website yourself. But here are some questions that they're asking to do a pre-screening to see if you possibly have pre-diabetes or possibly uh, may already have diabetes. The only way that you're gonna know that is if you go to the doctor and they tell you what your diagnosis is. By the way, I must put my, dis uh, my disclaimer out now. The things that I'm sharing now, I'm not a medical doctor. 
my doctorate is not in medicine. And so I wanted to share this information based on what I have studied and what I have researched. And I want to ba uh, base this information based on kingdom precepts. Okay, so let's look at one of the questions or several of the questions. Number one, they're asking, how old are you? And so the reason why they want to know this is because the older you are, the higher the risk is for you getting type 2 diabetes. We're not talking about type 1. You can do your own research on that. Okay, and then the question, the next question is, what is your gender? Okay, why is that question asked? Because men are more likely than women to have an undiagnosed diabetes. And one reason is that men are less likely to see their doctor regularly. Okay, this is according to them. Number three, have you ever been diagnosed with gestational diabetes? Okay, and then number four, do you have a mother, father, sister, or brother with diabetes? According to them, uh, a family history of diabetes could contribute to your risk for type two diabetes. We're gonna talk about that in one moment. And then the next question, do you have high blood pressure? Having high blood pressure contributes to your overall risk. So for each one of these questions, uh, you will get one point if your answer is yes, okay? Now, the next question, just moving right along, are you physically active? All right, so being inactive can increase your risk for type two diabetes. So if you don't know how many steps you're taking, uh, if you're taking 5,000 steps or below, that's basically saying that you're in an inactive status. So if you wanna know how many steps you're taking, get one of those wonderful watches, or you can just count your steps, whatever is good for you. Okay, uh, so that's one point for that. And then what race or ethnicity best describes you? It says people of certain racial and ethnic groups are more likely to develop type two diabetes than others. We're gonna talk about that in just a moment as well. And then the next question is, what is your height and your weight? The combination of your weight and height, let them know what your BMI is or your body mass index. If you don't know what that is, you can easily look it up and see what your BMI is to determine whether you are overweight or, or not. If you are overweight or obese, instead of getting one point, you'll get two points on that one. And then, a high score, according to the American Diabetes Association, is a five or more, and that's basically telling you that you will, uh, you are, you have a significant risk of having an undiagnosed pre-diabetes, pre and that you should see a doctor. Okay, so only a blood test can determine this. Okay, so. Now, when we're getting back to this, um, possibly if you scored on this, you may have gotten something over a five if you were taking the assessment right then. And if so, we want to encourage you to go to your doctor and allow them to take a blood test so that you can make a change in your lifestyle. That's what we wanna talk about today, making a change. The change does not just start by you saying, oh man, I think I, I, I know I'm overweight. I wanna do something about it. I have to have a corresponding action that goes with the words that I am saying. 
All right, so let's look at this. Nothing, nothing, and I hope you have the notes up. Nothing will change until we change the way that we think. And I want to say that again. Nothing will change until we change the way that we think, even when it comes to eating, even when it comes to our overall health, even when it comes to every aspect of our life, nothing is going to change until we think, change the way we think. Okay. So you've heard us teach this before. What a precept is. A precept is the original thought. And then the concepts are the conceived precepts. Then also convictions. That's what you believe. We're going to see how this applies to our lives every day. And then our belief system is a set of convictions. And then our ideology is a system of ideas you accept as being true. And then our philosophy, it becomes a lifestyle. Nothing is going to change until we change the way, I, until we change the way we think. If I want to change my lifestyle, I must do what? Go back and change my ideology. Then go back and change my belief system and go all the way back to the original precept. Now let's look at some of uh, the wrong precepts that we may have. Cause we were talking about nothing will change. All right. So here it is. Number one, here's a precept. It says I can eat any and everything that I want to eat. And as much as I want, we know that's a wrong precept. Number two, the concept restricting what I eat doesn't make sense. Really? Is that what you believe? Okay. So then let's look at convictions. Number three, I can continue to eat even after I'm full. I'm going to go back and get more and more and more. This is why buffets are detrimental to your health. We must maintain self-control, self-control, self-control. I have to buffet this body. I have to change this body or I'm going to get the wrong results. Number four, belief system. Listen to this. I know you've heard this. We all have to die from something. Listen, if you want to make your early reservation to go to heaven, then go right, go right ahead and keep eating the way that you're eating. If you want to be here to be a part of the blessing, to take a part of it, to make a, a perpetual change to your generation and to generations to come, I got to change. I've got to do something different. I can't keep going on. Oh, oh, just run around, slap your neighbor two times and turn around and oh, and I'm, we're shouting, we're dancing and, but eating everything and not having self-control, self-imposed rules. Is it going to make me righteous? No. But will it allow me to have self-control so that I can talk about self-control? Yes. All right. Number five, ideology. I don't have time to change. I'm too busy. Oh man, eating healthy is very expensive. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever heard that? Did you ever think about this? Medicine is even more expensive. Which one would you rather do? Would you rather pay for um, 
healthier versions of food. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But would you rather do that or would you rather purchase medicine? Would you rather pay co-pays? All right. And then philosophy, um, which was which is the ending result or the lifestyle of having an unhealthy lifestyle and I'm loaded down with medications and I'm complaining. Nope. I can change. This is what we must tell ourselves. Nope. I'm like this. I made some wrong decisions, but I can change. I'm here to dominate my circumstances. I'm here to dominate. You know, earlier we were talking about idolatry. Did you know that some people, they actually idolize food? Some people worship food. Oh man. I mean, whatever, whatever you hold as a high value, more than the word of Elohim, that's your idol. See, we have to look at things differently. I've got to change the way that I think. I have to look at things with my born again spirit and my renewed mind. All right. So let's look at this next note. Precept. All right. So how, what my concept of food should be my precept, I, my food, it fuels the body. So if I'm putting something in my body and it's not fueling my body, but it's causing damage to my body, I need to think about this thing, especially if I'm doing this over and over again. Am I telling you never to eat a slice of cake? No, I'm not saying that. Am I telling you never to eat a, a, a one cookie? I'm not saying that, but I am saying don't eat the whole pack. <laughs> I am saying don't eat half of a cake. All right. Number two, making healthier choice in my concept. I need to make healthier choices. I, I need to think about uh, number three convictions. I need to maintain portion control. It's important for me to have portion control. You don't hear people talk about that. Oh, get as much as you want. No, no, I don't need to get as much as I want. My thighs told me I don't need to have that many fries. You know, I might, I can make, I may can have a few of them, but my thighs told me <laughs> that's a joke. Yeah. You, sometimes your body will tell you things you're walking and you hear things, uh, uh, rubbing that not, that's not supposed to rub that that's your body talking. Okay. Since we can't hear the spirit man talking. All right. Catch that later. Number four, belief system. Our body's a temple. So I need to make sure that I'm not abusing what the father has given me. And then number five, ideology, healthier choices will produce better results. And then my philosophy, if my philosophy is like this, healthier and stronger lifestyles are result from a con conscious decisions that are made and applied about my health. You know, there's sometimes, sometimes we'll know a thing, but we won't do a thing. Yeah. The word tells us that the truth will set you free. It's the truth that you know and the truth that you apply because many times we'll have head knowledge and we will mental assent and we'll know what to do. But do I have the corresponding action to do what I'm supposed to do as well? Okay. So let's look at this. We were talking about, um, I wanted to go back to what the American Heart Association 
was saying. The American Heart Association says children of parents with heart diseases are more likely to develop heart disease themselves. And there's a reason for that. Um, okay, so let's, I, I was debating whether I was going to talk about this reason or not. Well, here it is. If we don't have education on how to properly cook food, of course, the children are more likely to have heart disease because they're going to repeat the same actions. It's not so much that it's a gene that's passed through, you know, it's, it's not that it's a way of thinking and a method of cooking. One thing for sure I can say about my grandmother who has transitioned. One thing I can say about my grandmother, she used to cook some collard greens and those collard greens were amazing. And we would always joke about it. We were like, man, where are the greens? Because she would always put some type of smoked meat in the greens. You're like, man, what? Okay, I'm trying to find the greens. I was like, okay, where are the greens at? We would say, where are the greens at, big mom? She's like, that's how I like it. So that's how I'm cooking it. We would just laugh, laugh. Eventually, I thought about it and I said, okay, um, I'm going to have to change this. I'm going to have to change this. Just because something tastes good doesn't mean that it's good for the body. So that's one of the many changes that I have made for our family. And hopefully, as, my, as our children, as they marry and they have their families, that they will make those changes as well and they'll make those adjustments. That's how you change a generation. That's how you break those things that we shouldn't be doing uh, because we want to prevent heart disease. Okay, let's go back to the notes. It also says that African-Americans have more severe high blood pressure than Caucasian. Hmm, I wonder why. High blood pressure. Okay, and a higher risk of heart disease. Heart disease risk is also higher among Mexican Americans, American Indians, Native Hawaiians, and some Asian Americans. All right, so look, look at this high blood pressure. We can change this. How am I going to change this? I need to make sure that I'm eating the right food, make sure that I'm not stressed out, make sure that I'm exercising. These are proactive ways that I can change this. I don't have to be a part of the statistics according to American Heart Association. We can hear and then we can make a change. Going back to the notes, most people with a significant family history of heart disease have one or more other risk factors. Just as you can't control your age, sex and race, you can't control your family history. American Heart Association, I disagree. Who is that lady? I'm the one that's saying that you can control your family history because I can control it from me and those that I am grooming, those that are around me, I can control it. But the things of the past, no, I can't deal with that. But what's coming forth out of us, yeah, we can change that. All right, so let's look at this. Now, I, I mentioned earlier that I'm not a medical doctor, but we practice a healthy lifestyle. And so that I wanna share this information. 
when we were talking earlier about um, these different points from the American Heart Association, that children of, children of parents with heart diseases are more likely to develop heart diseases. Listen to this. Can we add this portion? The, por the part that I put in that's highlighted is they're more likely to have this if they don't change the way they think, eat, and live. And then also, as far as the high blood pressure, they're more likely to have a higher risk if they don't change the way they think, eat, and live. See, we can change. We can change the results. We can change what is said about us. All right. And then the last point, most people with significant family history of heart disease have one or more other risk factors. Keep going down. It says, if you keep thinking the same way, eating the same things your family ate and keep doing the same things your family did to get where they are, you will get the same result. So we must say enough is enough. We have to change. And that's why we're here today. It's time out for making excuses. How many times have you heard this? Good health runs in my family. I want to say that again, because that felt good. I, I just love that. Longevity runs in my family. Good health runs in my family. Why? Because we are conscious about the things that we're putting into our bodies. We're conscious about um, the emotional things. And, and truly, when the word says, cast your cares on him because he care for you. So there, there's no spirit of worry. There's no spirit of um, mistrust or distrust. There's no uh, stress issues because I'm actually doing what the word says. I'm not going over it in my mind over and over again. That, that was something that I had to really stand against because in, in my family, I saw a particular spirit repeating in the family and that was the spirit of worry. See, all of this goes with our um, entire state of being because he says that even our, with our soul being healthy, you know, our mind, our will and emotion, our entire state of being, being healthy, so I had to stand against that because it was something that was passed down, worrying, thinking about it over and over and about, over and over. The word Elohim says, consider the lilies. You know, when he was talking about it in Matthew 6 and 33, he said, but seek ye first the kingdom of Elohim and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto seek him first so this word seek it tells me that i'm to meditate not seek and you shall find not looking like that i'm to meditate i'm to think upon his precepts his ways of doing things and when i do that it says all of these things shall be added unto us so we should not worry about what we what we are eating or what we're going to wear. This is, don't you know that, you know, the, the lily is clothed and the, the lilies are even more beautiful than Solomon and all of his splendor. He was like, oh man, no, no. Y'all need to think about me. All right. So let's go back to this. Let's go back to the notes. Enough is enough. 
So we must change the way that we think. So when we put the work in, we will get different results. So when I walk in the spirit, I'm talking about my born again spirit, my mind that has been renewed. When I renew my mind, I have decided that I'm going to stop thinking the way that I was thinking before. And I'm going to put in some new precepts. I'm going to put in the original truth of what the word says about me. The word tells me that I am the healed of Yahweh. The word tells me that by his stripes, I am healed. Now watch this. Can you imagine yourself going to the altar and asking your pastor or a minister asking them, can you pray for me? Pray for me because the doctor is saying that my blood pressure is high. Well, pray for me um, because um, I have high cholesterol. There's two parts that needs to take place. Sure, absolutely. Absolutely, we can pray for you. We can pray that your mindset is changed because those are things that can be controlled by you. Not only do you need to be healed, healed, but the word tells us that you can be made whole. How am I made whole? Well, when I receive my healing from Elohim, then the other part of it being made whole is by the word of Elohim and by me going forth in the word that I have found to be true and I obey that word. Let me make that make sense. Okay, so if I ask, I mean, if, the, if you go to the pastor and ask them to pray for you, we pray for you, yes. But then I have to change my eating habits. I can't be sprinkling salt on everything. <laughs> there are other seasonings other than salt. We, our sodium intake, uh, we have to make sure that we're watching things like that. Of course, the body, we, we need some salt. We're not telling you no salt, no salt. Don't listen to that. But we have to maintain control, use other seasonings, exercise. There, there are different things that we can do to make our bodies healthy and make our bodies line up to what they're supposed to do. Or otherwise, we'll be checking out here early. All right, so let's look at this. Going back to our notes, when I walk in my born again spirit with renewed thinking and I don't fulfill, I will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So what am I doing? I am making my body subject to my born again spirit. I'm not controlled by cravings, but I control what I put in my body. And my spirit man can dominate my fleshly man. When we think about um, cravings, oftentimes when we are having cravings, it's because of different things that we have placed in our bodies that's causing us to crave. At example, excess of sugar. Sugar is a chemical. Sugar, excess sugar will cause you to crave and want it more and more. As a matter of fact, high fructose corn syrup. Can we begin to read the labels? Can I give you an exercise to do other than, um, you know, the other exercise, but something to do to apply today. Today, I want you to do this. I want you to go in your cabinet and I want you to just take a look 
and read the labels of your favorite things like ketchup and relish and mustard and crackers and um, cookies and all of those things. Whatever, just read it. And if you see the words high fructose corn syrup, I want you to look at it for the last time. And I don't care if the box is unopened. I was shocked. One of my favorite, I, I like uh, Keebler crackers or whatever. One of, I, I looked at the box. I said, what the devil? <laughs> no wonder I love these crackers. Read it. If it has high fructose corn syrup on it, put it in the trash. High fructose corn syrup is a chemical. And what this chemical does, it tells your brain that you are not full and you're still hungry. And that's why you keep craving it, craving it. And it's calling for it. And when it calls, most of the time you'll answer just like soda. If you're still drinking soda, there are other options out there. You don't have to drink soda. Soda has high fructose corn syrup in it. I remember this was years ago, probably 30 years ago, I was addicted to a particular brand, Pepsi. And uh, I was looking at, and, and it was four o'clock in the morning. Somebody say four o'clock in the morning, 4 a.m. in the morning. I said, you know what? I'm going to get me a Pepsi. I got up, I, I got that Pepsi, and I drank every drop of it. And I said, I will never drink you again. You got me up at 4 a.m. I was talking to the Pepsi. Anybody talk to their food? Don't, don't talk to your food. Don't talk to your drinks. Just make a change. That's how addictive it is. It will cause you, it will call you. It will cause you to wake up and get out of your bed and go get it. Yes, but we must exercise self-control and change what we're doing. So I want to recommend to you as I, I bring this to a close, I want to recommend if you have certain addictions, um, I want to recommend, first of all, that you detox. Detox is deliberately eliminating toxins in your body. And there are different ways that you can detox. You can detox with green teas. You can uh, detox with green smoothies. You know, we did a smoothie challenge and all of that. Make sure that you put some fiber in it, that the flax seed, that are clean the, the intestines out and all that good stuff, or chia seed, whichever one. Begin that detox. Will your body love it? Absolutely not, probably not at first. But if you begin to detox and drink plenty of water, do that for at least seven days, then you're on a, a great journey. Okay, so begin with the detox. But before you even begin with the detox, first go back and tell the father, you know what, I, I haven't been doing right. Help me to crave the right things. As a matter of fact, there's something that I always say, it's, it's very possible for you not to consume certain things if you don't buy it. Wow, that's a big revelation. It, you don't even have to have the spirit of Elohim inside of you to get that. <laughs> yeah, that's a great revelation. No, it's simple. It's common. It's basic. So if I don't buy it, when I'm shopping in the grocery store or however I'm shopping, if I don't buy it, then it won't enter in my home. Or if someone brings it by, you don't have to consume it. Okay, so 
first ask the father to uh, forgive you for consuming things that was harmful to your body and then help you to change the way that you think. Remember that he wants us to prosper. He wants us to be in good health, even as our soul prosper. Yes, this is the word of Elohim. So I want to encourage you on today. This is our first session just talking about um, overcoming and making healthier choices as a kingdom ambassador. And guess what? I'm fully convinced in my mind that you can make the change. When you have decided in your mind that, yes, I'm going to do this, then you are a prime candidate that the father will be able to do exactly what he said that he would do. But first, you have to make the first step. All right, be blessed and shalom to you. Thank you so much for watching. Shalom.